All right, it is Friday, and uh, it's supposed to be Veterans Day tomorrow, but it's Veterans Day today, and I guess it'll be Veterans Day tomorrow. And I am here live at the Tiger Express Car Wash in and in, right here on Easley on Calhoun Memorial Highway as we are giving away car washes. This It's, uh, you know, outdoors. I've never done a remote outdoors before. Have you ever had to run a remote outdoors before, Maestro? This this will be interesting to see because like I I got the cars going by and everything and it's really cool and uh, I also have to double and put the, you know the little plastic piece of the tape on the back of the windshield wiper on the back of the SUVs I got to do that too while I'm here as I go through the car wash I'm pulling double duty GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine the Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven I'm glad I live in the upstate. I'm glad I live in this bubble, in this broadcast area, in in this signal path, because we haven't gone leftist and we haven't gone insane with our cities. And it's astonishing that in this country we have these little islands of wokeness that turn into misery for everybody around it. And the ones that vote for it, they're the ones that are most miserable. Like, there's a story out right now. Somebody knows somebody that moved to Oregon, moved to Portland, because that was going to be cool. You know, a hipster. So, he found out when he started having tents right outside the door of his apartment building that this was not going to be the way the way he thought it was going to go. He was stepping through human feces and needles and, and uh, you know, the condominiums on the ground. Portland's so bad that even drug dealers don't want to live there anymore. They, they live in the suburbs. Portland was a jewel of the Northwest. I've never been. I have read about it. I know people that have been there, and they loved it. Um, but since the hipsters took it over, which, listen, there's nothing wrong with being a hipster to a point. But listen, it can't be your li- it can't be policy, right? It can't be policy. But they've taken over the uh, city's governance. They've done away with the police, and they decided to decriminalize the possession of hard drugs. <laughs> Selling them is still a crime technically, but the police at, in Portland don't police that crime. So, you know, if you have like, I don't know, six or seven pounds of fentanyl, you could look at the guy and say, "Oh, this is just for my use. This is just my personal use." Swear to God, and off you go. They have a dramatically reduced force. Why would they bother policing this? When your city's gone in just a little short period of time from being one of the safest cities in the United States to one of the murder capitals, getting the drug sales off the street becomes sort of a, uh, that becomes a lower priority. They are adding police to their uh, to their rosters, but it may largely be a, a matter of uh, uh, too little too late. Now, the other thing that comes along with with drug use is the perceived homeless problem. It's not necessarily that they can't find a place to live. It's that they're on drugs, right? And in in Portland, that contributes to the homeless. Not, Not poverty, but substance abuse and the subsequent mental illness that comes along with it. And it's so bad... That even the drug dealers are desperate for more stringent laws. That's bad when that happens. Uh, 
There was this thing called Measure 110. It has proved to be disastrous. We get this uh, from, I, I don't know which publication. Um, Evan, even Utah, a 33-year-old uh, former forklift truck driver, prefers to give the male only his street name, freely admits he cannot understand what possessed his fellow Oregonians to support the move. He said it made it worse. Don't get me wrong. It makes it better for me, but getting the police off of our backs, giving us free pipes and foil to do our drugs is not going to get us off the streets. <laughs> can, I can only imagine the commission, right, that puts together all this stuff and gets out there and says, hey, um, you guys are going to be in charge of the foil. I make sure that all of the, all of the addicts have a new foil for their fixes. And you, you, you're in charge of syringes, and you guys, you are the ones in charge of the crack pipes. That, that, I, I can only see that. That's all I can see. They, they, they did that. So, you know, when you sit back and, and you look at this, and you look at the example of this, this is a really, really good, uh, a really good example of what a city can devolve into. And now they're gaming elections. So they want to keep in. <laughs> they want to keep in the winners that brought them to this to this particular uh, part of woe. And uh, leave it the way it is. Make it better. The actual voters are no longer important now. Their lives are going to degrade in a very painful ways. And eventually the party's voters abandon it. So then they have to start uh, gaming it. They had a lot of glitches in their last election. And uh, on, 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 the, on the app formerly known as Twitter, we got Peter St. Ong, PhD. After yet another election with widespread glitches, it's worth asking what's the end game to election fraud. In short, cheating works in the short run, but it backfires spectacularly in the long run, costing the cheater not just more power, but their entire electoral base. Finally, besides me, somebody sees this. I, I don't really understand so much about what's going on in some of these places, but uh, all, all these things that you hear about on a constant basis is, uh, well, it's, it's just, what, what, are they, what is the end game here? What do they want? What, what's, what, what is, where, they, where do they want to take this? The problem is that the demographic there cannot sustain these kind of things. There, there's not enough cheating in the world to give it a margin it needs to win. And all of this is off the table once the party in power resorts to force of arms, but we must hope it doesn't come to that. We must hope it doesn't come to that, but we, you have to be prepared for that. So, and end result, what, what can we glean from this? Democrat policies are losers, period. That's all you can glean from it. The sooner the American voters wise up and turn their backs on this kind of nonsense, the better and safer you're going to be. Democrats, for whatever reason, like if you are a Democrat voter right now, the Democrats understand that very soon you're going to be turning away from them. <laughs> so this is why... This is why, uh, you know, right now Joe Biden has this plan that he's trying to do where they're going to open Palestinian refugees. They're, and who's going to vet them? Who's going to vet the Palestinian refugees when they get to come over here and all this other stuff? So 
On the text line, Bill, today is not Veterans Day. Today is the Marine Corps birthday. Semper Fi, indeed. Indeed. And also, there's a huge legal pot farm in Cherokee, North Carolina. Have they legalized marijuana in North Carolina? And I didn't know that. It doesn't really matter. I can't smoke anything now, thanks to the heart attack. I, 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 um, I, I can't smoke. I can't even vape. But that wasn't due to a Democrat policy. That was just due to me being a glutton. <laughs> but all of you in these blue cities, I, I really don't understand you. you. You are voting for your against your own interests. And does does do these people not want to live good? Do they not want to prosper? Do they not want to be healthy? Do they not want to enjoy their life? I mean, that's the question. I'm I, I, when they vote the way they do. I can only surmise that they don't. And what causes that? What causes that? I, I have no guilt. I mean, you know, don't don't get me wrong. I've, I've done things. I haven't been an angel all of my life. But as far as in this country is concerned, you know, I've served it. And uh, I've done my part. And I've been solid. I don't break laws. I've, I do what I can. And in in in, in these cities, in these cities, like Portland, like Seattle, like Chicago, L.A., New York City, name them, name them, Baltimore. I think Atlanta may be getting this way as well. In these cities where they've got all of these Democrats in charge, all that happens now is that uh, they just bring policies of woe and despair. I mean, that's the best way to put it. I know that's, that seems a little too uh, waxing poetic, but... Uh, that's the best way I can put it. It's the most descriptive way I can think about it. Now, we can also look to Europe. And we're going to look to Europe because they have new things happening in, in Europe now that they're having to deal with in Europe. And, uh, well, that's coming here. That's on its way here. So we will get to that when we get back. And I'm here live at Tiger Express Car Wash, 5404 Calhoun Memorial Highway. If you're a veteran, come by and get your free car wash. They are bringing it to you. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am live at uh, I am live at Tiger Express Car Wash, 5404 Calhoun Memorial Highway in Easley, South Carolina. You should come by. If you're a veteran, come by and get your free car wash. I got some pizza. I got a little bit of swag. Come see me. Um, right now in Germany. Random stabbing sprees and knife attacks are on a steady and marked rise. And for some reason, because they are actually the root cause of it, their policy is the root cause of it, the German leadership, they don't want to get out there and say, you know, Merkel was insane. We should not have invited these people here. 
But instead, and now, now this is the part that amazes me. See, I, I lived there in the 80s, and the Pulitzer, you did not mess with the Pulitzer. Not in the 80s. You did not mess with them. Now, instead of being the Pulitzer that I knew, I mean, the Pulitzer back in the 80s, they had these batons that were spring-loaded, so if they hit you once, it bounced back and hit you two more times. So it would be like a drum solo on your skull. You didn't want to mess with the Pulitzer. They had a holster that came off. They didn't have to pull the gun out of the holster. They just pulled the whole thing off and shoot you with it. And then everybody would buy them a beer. I guess it's not like that anymore. Um, they're offering tips now to the German citizens on what to do and how to get away if you find yourself on the receiving end of a crazed person with a knife. Now, the first thing you're supposed to do is you're supposed to try to get away and keep your distance. <laughs> Then you're supposed to shout, scream at your attacker, but it has to be louder than their Alu Akbar shrieks. I, I'm sure the Germans didn't know that before. I'm sure none of them thought, somebody coming to stab me, I should try to get away. See, if somebody comes inside, yeah, I, I look at this as bringing a knife to a gunfight, but that's not the way it exists in Germany nowadays. What's really awful is that the police felt compelled to speak up after a particularly disturbing event in which a man wielding a blade came after a mother and a child. And we get this from the European conservative this past summer. If one takes into account figures recorded and published by the state criminal police officers in Germany, 16 federal states, the total number of knife attacks across the entire country exceeded 21,000 in 2022 which amounts to a staggering 60 attacks every single day. Now, I don't know what the pop. When I was in Germany, the population of Germany was about 65 million people. And it was about, you know, it wasn't quite as big as California. So that is significant that you have that in something with a densely packed country like this. And it's a very... To, to sit out there and say, and the reason they're not going after this is because it's because of their policy. They're the ones that made this happen. They're the ones that facilitated 60 knife attacks per day. So what, what caused this? And we get this from the app known formally as Twitter from Ron English. Essen, Germany, last night. Thousands of jihadis demand a caliphate in Germany waving ISIS flags. See how quickly free, play, free pale blended with we demand an Islamic caliphate in Europe. They imported a bunch of third world Muslim thugs. Well, not even just individuals. They imported whole mobs. And um, what's happening now is by, this is, you know, invasion by invitation. <laughs> That's a great phrase. I wish I'd come up with that. And they're going to try to turn Germany into an Islamic state. Now, I don't understand. I, I know that the globalists think this is a smoking hot idea. Except who's going to take control of that? How are they going to take control of the, of the Islamists? How, how are they going to return? And, you know, they, they think if they get rid of all of the Judeo-Christian value and everything else, that that's going to be... Uh, easier to do 
Coming from Remex News, it was reported back in 2021 that German police authorities had recorded over 20,000 knife attacks. The vast majority of known suspects were foreign nationals or people with a migration background. In June, the Berliner Zeitung wrote an article stating that police had recorded a total of 3,317 knife attacks in the German capital in 2022. Of the 2,428 known suspects, a total of 1,234 were foreign nationals. And that's only half the story, since German crime data records foreign-born citizens who commit crimes as Germans, <laughs> which skews the data even more. Everybody there is just a German, no matter what they are. They have blurred the line between being a, in, in Europe, they refer to them as a national. We call them citizens. They, they refer to them as a national. So there is no line saying, oh, you're a German national versus an illegal immigrant or a migrant or somebody with a passport. Um when it comes to the crime data anyway, because that would look bad. That would show the policy what it is, right? It would show it for what it is. Government is supposed to exist for one reason. And in that, government fails miserably. Um, they're supposed to secure the unalienable right to life and liberty, right to own property, and produce wealth. And when the police department and arm of the government basically tells you that you're on your own <laughs> and offers you the most asinine tip on how to behave if you find yourself under the blade of a knife-wielding jihadi, listen, if somebody comes at me and they're yelling, Alu Akbar, I'm not out there thinking, oh, this is just a common, this is a common mugging. He just wants my mobile phone and whatever, ca whatever euros I have on me. That's not what I'm thinking. If that happened here... Well, he, he'd be yelling, Otto Walkbar, and he probably, I don't know what he's going to have. He might if he has a knife or whatever he has. But that's going to be like a giveaway for me when they start screaming, Otto Akbar. Motive is everything. And the policymakers in this country keep on bringing in more jihadis. Now they're refugees now. They're called refugees. So... You know what you could do, Germany? You could, you could look at what we did in the, a long time ago. We did this thing. We, we formed a militia. You could protect the women from the rape mobs. You could, uh, you know, you could get rid of all the invaders, all that other stuff. And right now they just did a, they just did a poll and all of the, uh, all the German uh, – 61% of Germany wants them to stop importing Muslims. So they are beginning to wake up. That's a good thing. That's a splendid thing. They need to do that and put a full stop to that. Because we're getting ready to face that here. I will explain that to you in just a second. But the threat is here, people. If you're not walking around looking, and I'm not saying that you got to walk around and be all strapped up and everything. You just need to be aware. But if you're not walking around aware, you got to change that. Please change that. See, in a place like Portland, though, they'd never notice it. It'd just be, a, you know, the, the, the skin complexion would be a giveaway, but that'd be about it because, you know, they're already tripping over feces and uh, hypodermics and, uh, you know, all kinds of other nonsensical things. Just had a highway patrolman go by. He's going to get his car washed. 
he went he went by uh, he went by uh, too fast. I was going to throw swag at him, but he he had his window up. That's cool. He don't want he doesn't want water in the car. I get it. I get it. And we got other things happening, so it's a busy it's a busy day on 5404 Calhoun Memorial Highway at Tiger Express Car Wash. I got pizza here. Right now, Maestro is sitting there going, why am I here and not there? This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Plan and Text Line is 71307. What you're hearing right now is the drama of a live radio remote in the outdoors. I am at Tiger Express Car Wash, 5404 Calhoun Memorial Highway. I'm being joined now by Neil from Tiger Car Wash. How are you doing, sir? Fantastic. We're glad to have you here. Yeah. Uh, we. I, I'm surprised how many cars have come by here because I'm being thanked on the text line for the rain. I know. Uh, We're and, and looking at the weather. It looks like they're they're calling for it to come through uh, around around noon. So hopefully we'll. So, but I mean, even even after I leave here, you're going to be doing the free car wash, right? That's right. And you know, we're it's Veterans Day, so it's an apropos time to to really uh, celebrate our, our our veterans and the sacrifices that they've made. Um, and so we're we're doing it all day today. We're if, if they just need to demonstrate either a DD two fourteen military ID. Um, if you even have a, a, a veteran's tag, yeah. it'll work. Well, we're looking for a reason to wash a vet's car. Yeah. So we're happy to have everybody here, and um, we just we just need the rain to clear for us. I already had a Korean War era veteran come through here one time. Nice. Or earlier on, when we, before we before we even went live, he came through here. So. I'll tell you, uh, talk about a little bit about that. I I just finished uh, the Pacific. Have you seen? Did you get a chance to watch that? Uh, I have not. I. I I used to be a big sucker for Victory at Sea. Do you remember that series? I, I don't, but I, I will tell you. Every time I watched, my my, my father was a uh, uh, Navy pilot in World War II. Okay, so I'm the youngest of ten. Right, um, and so was a Navy Cross uh, awardee, and uh, he was involved in the sinking of the Japanese Yamato, which anybody listening wow. here will that was will, a big will ship. recall. That's yeah. right, the largest Japanese battle, really largest Japanese is larger than the Iowa class. So it was a it was a large large thing, but. You know, you hear the phrase, all gave some and some gave all. Right. Every time I, I get a chance to watch some of these, and the Pacific was no exception, um, and if you, if you saw the, the movie Unbroken or you read that book Unbroken, this generation, they call it the, generation, the greatest generation for a reason. And what you're, what you're watching is over time, these men and women that are serving in the Middle East today. Right. Um, that it is a, and, and here we are in, in South Carolina, you know, rural South Carolina, not even privy to what's going on. And it's, um, it's sacrifice. It is for the families, for the individuals. It's, it's, it's real sacrifice. I, I think the big difference is that during world war two, when all of that happened, so many men went to serve and the population wasn't as big and. Uh, if you didn't serve, you were doing paper drives or rubber drives. And the kids, the Boy Scouts, they were doing something. And the women went to work in the factories. And we didn't 
have any combat damage in the United States. Everything stayed intact. But they had blackouts. We, we did have blackouts, but, I mean, we, we also uh, are, are we industrialized heavily. And then when it was over, we rebuilt the planet. Right. But everybody in the United States got behind everybody that was serving during World War II. I don't think we, we see that now. No, because it's it's because it doesn't touch home, and and there 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 is a little bit of that. Um, but I will say, when the United States is challenged by 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 anything, Americans will rise to the challenge, and uh, regardless of what that is, and you know we talk about our young people in a negative light sometimes because they're they're uh, maybe don't have the medal that they used to have. Yeah. But I will tell you, I am confident that if 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 the unfortunate time arises where where something needs to happen, Americans are still Americans. Well, I would hope so. I would hope so. I, I, there's there's a you know with young people right now with the military recruiting, there's a couple of issues they run into, uh, like young men who were medicated when right. they were growing up in school. Right. They sometimes they they can't even get a waiver to join because of that. Because now when I joined, they said, "You ever taken drugs?" I was like, "Nope." And they, they didn't check nothing. Now they check it. They run it on a database and right. all this other stuff. It, it, it becomes one of those things where, uh, you know, they, they, they're going to know everything about you. So it's hard for a young person to join the military today. Now, where did you, what service were you in? Army. Army. Where, where were you stationed? I, uh, I did my basic training at Fort Jackson. I did my AIT at Fort Gordon, Georgia. And then I went from there to Bomberg, West Germany, and stared at USSR for three years. Okay. All right. I was in the 24th ID, which was uh, Rapid Deployment Force out of Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I now I got on one of those when I came back stateside. First of all, I went to Fort Polk, oh. which they couldn't have, you know, for, I don't know what Fort Polk was for, but it, there was a lot of soldiers there. It was. I re-enlisted to get out of Fort Polk, and I went to uh, Fort Campbell on a, okay. with, you know, the 101st, and I was in the uh, Military Intelligence Battalion. Okay. And, okay. uh. There goes one right there, and he, he definitely he, he deserves a car wash. We should give him a, go- a coffee mug when he comes by here. Okay, he's wearing a nice hat. We don't need to give him another hat. We give him a, give him a coffee mug and a piece of pizza. That would be nice for him, I think. And his car should look a lot better too. Yeah. Um, is this the first time you've ever done this sort of thing? So we're we are doing this program. We're we're referring to it as Free Wash Friday, and we're we're going to promote different organizations. Right. Uh, and Free Wash Friday is, is will happen once a month. Right. So this month happens to be we're going to do for veterans. We have not set the schedule, but you know, res- first responders look f- look for us. And right. really, the way to track it would be go on our social media sites: uh, Instagram, Facebook, Tiger Express Wash, and look for that. So we're going to do first responders one week. We're going to do teachers one week. Um, Just give so- them back to the local community. Right. And, yeah. I mean, it's a good way to engage, and it's a good way to say thank you for us. The other locations are in Pendleton at 7540 U.S. 76 and Clemson and on 1069 Tiger Boulevard, in addition to here at 5404 Calhoun Memorial Highway. Uh, free car washes all day for veterans. I saw one just go by, I think. I think I see another one in the turnstiles getting ready to roll in here. If you have anything to show that you're a veteran, that would be nice if you're going to come here for this. Uh DD-214, if, you, if you've been accepted into the VA system, that kind of thing. Are you in the VA system? I am not. No, I'm not. I, uh, That's a story for another day, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. That's yeah. a story for another day. We could do that all day long. But in any event, uh, I, I think this is good to, to give back to 
to veterans because I kind of think they're sort of like the forgotten class, one of the forgotten classes in the United States today. I mean, that some of these older guys you see rolling by when they were in their prime in Vietnam or in Korea or whatever, they, these guys were bad boys. I mean, they went out there and they did some things nobody wants to talk about or consider. And they still don't, yeah, they, and, and a lot of these guys, they don't, they'll still don't talk about it. But, you know, my dad didn't, I, did, I had to learn what happened there as an adult. Um, but, but um, you know, again, I, I, it goes back to service. I mean, these, these people, whether they talked about it or not, um, you know, did things that, that, you know, in service of country. Yeah, I mean, dude, dude right there, he's got an American flag on the back of his car. He, he just drove up with his wife, and he's going to get him a car wash. Yeah, as uh, well veterans, as vet, Yeah, Yeah, by, veterans are is – he, has he got a veterans tag? It's No, it's, but it's a uh, – it's got a state of South Carolina and right. an American flag above it. Yep. Very patriotic. You don't see that most of the time in most places in the TikTok culture now do you no no <laughs> anyway um 5404 calhoun memorial highway is where i'm at today i got pizza to give away i got some swag to give away if you're a veteran uh, and i got a okay okay <laughs> that qualifies i'll go with that they're yelling at me now as they come in that's good that's do you normally have Veterans are a rowdy group, aren't they? They are a rowdy group, yeah. but we love them. So yeah. come on. Yeah. So fifty-four oh four. Hey, uh, we're gonna we're gonna fade out right now. And uh, thanks for having got me. pizza. Got pizza to give away. Talking to Neil at Tiger Express. This is News Talk ninety-eight nine W O R D. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Let's go into a real quick crunch, shall we? Let's go to Greg. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Hey, Bill. Um, I've never been in the military. I know you have, so maybe you could help me with this. Uh, during Trump's inauguration, uh, the military came and stood behind him. I think it was a JAG and an intelligence guy and some others. And he said we're not transferring power from one party to another, one administration to another, but giving power back to you, the people. After that was said, the military was dismissed from behind him. Um, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. A friend told me about it, and I went back and watched it. And I just wonder if there's any significance to that that you would know of. None that I would know of. When, when you become president, you always have a military officer around you with, they call it the football, but it's actually a gigantic briefcase. And there's many of those. There's more than one of those officers with more than one of those briefcases. It just depends on where the president may be. But there's always one of those guys around. But as far as, uh, as, far as what you're referring to, I'm just not, I, I'm not aware of anything. I put nothing past anybody, though. I mean. Some of the craziest things that you could ever possibly imagine turn out to be true sometimes, don't they? Yeah, go back and watch that sometime. It, it's really interesting. Just as soon as he says that, they're dismissed. And I watched other presidents' inaugurations, and nothing like that ever happened. So I was just curious. Well, I will look at that. I'm going to take a look at that. I'm very, I appreciate the pointing out for it. And thanks for the call. Come by and see me. Let's go to Oyster Man. Yes, sir. 
Hey, how you doing, Bill? I'm out here. You should. Are you coming to get in your car wash? Well, no, I'm up in Asheville enjoying all the burnt leaves and the rain up here. Oh, okay, I got you. All right. Well, that, that that's on anyway, me. I, I decided to be outside today, so, of course, it's going to rain, and you're welcome. Well, the thing was, I was in a couple of typhoons in Korea, a couple of hurricanes, <laughs> a couple of yeah. tornadoes, so I've been wet before, so it doesn't matter. But uh, yeah. what I was going to talk to you about and let you know is I couldn't believe it, but yesterday— I think it was in Greenville. I was driving around, and I honestly saw a Palestinian flag on a big, on a nice, expensive car. And it surprised the hell out of me that that happened, but I was not surprised. And well, I was you know, watching. It would be interesting to see who owned the car. Did you see who owned the car? Yeah, it was a it was one of the flags, you know, the flags that you can put on cars. No, 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 no. Um, who 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 was driving the car? Was it a Caucasian? Was it an American? Who was it? It it was a darker skinned individual. Okay, well, um, there's going to be yeah. two types of people that are that are pushing that. There's going to be the you know, the Middle Eastern people. They're pushing it, and then there's going to be the people that have no idea what they're even talking about. So. It's probably exactly. one of those two, and if it's if it was one of the ones that don't know what they're talking, you know, free Palestine sounds, that sounds like a, like save the whales. Exactly, and, uh, and uh, you're probably old enough. I know I'm older than you, <laughs> but the thing was, I remember the PLO back yeah. in the day in the sixties yeah. when they were and they started this, you know, from the uh, river to the sea uh, back then, and that was yep. in sixty four. But you know what? The thing about PLO, and I think it's probably the thing about uh, the whoever's running Hezbollah and Hamas now that are out mm-hmm. of gutter. You know, Yasser Arafat died a billionaire. It's a it's mm-hmm. almost like BLM. It's a grift like BLM. Exactly, and then many of them are living in uh, Qatar. I was reading um, it's in, some of in the luxury. And, in luxury, yeah. Boy, in, 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 a, in, a very, uh, in a very, uh, in a very, in a very, crime-free, too, because Gutter's a fairly safe place. Listen, Oyster Man, exactly. I'm about to run out of time. I'm sorry you can't come and get your car washed. I, I, would, I, would, I would take care of that for you if you could. But thanks for the call. I'm being asked if I could give away a free car wash with have a Trump sticker on your car. Get, I'll, I'll ask Neil about that. I'll ask Neil. I'll ask Neil about that. This turnout is pretty good. I'm impressed. I'm impressed at how many people want their car wash. Good on you. Come and get your car wash right here. I'm at Tiger Express. I got pizza. I got swag. Come and see me here. Coming up next, it's going to be Michael Letts. We're going to be talking about some of the things going on in the world today that he covers at American Thinker. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. <laughs> 